So welcome to the recap at the end of week 18. Um, congratulations again on getting this far. We're through now to a day 126 and beyond. Um, so probably over over a third of the way through. Um, yes, just over a third of the way through if you've got through the week 18. Um, so well done on that. Congratulations and keep on going. You're doing a good job. Um, if you get this and you haven't been keeping up to date that's fine that's all the nature of it is it's a resource it's here for you to use at any time as you see fit um, but we hope you've been enjoying it and enjoying some of the recaps um, these last two weeks have been very interesting as we've seen this story of the Israelites and the story of David especially um, hopefully as I've mentioned a few times you've seen the Psalms and been able to use those in the midst of all that has happened it's almost like a little look into David's mind and, and a kind of fly-in-the-wall documentary um, of what is happening in his life and in his mind. Um, speaking of flies in the wall, there's a fly that's buzzing around my office at the minute that you might hear at some point. You might be have uh, you might have heard it there. Macy's also barking away in the background at a few things, but I find it very hard over these last two weeks to pick an individual story to look at which is what I've been trying to do in the recaps um, th there's so much from um, David being told off by Michal for all you husbands out there that should give us give us all hope that it even happened to him um, to the territory and the, the, the fact that David was told by Satan to count troops uh, and all these things and then um, the military victories and personnel to the Psalms to David's adultery um, which is one of the massive things that we could look at, um, to what happened to Uriah, to the child that dies and his response to that, which is quite unusual. He mourns, and then as soon as the child actually dies, um, so he doesn't mourn, he, he fasts and, and doesn't eat uh, and doesn't speak uh, and all these things while the child's alive, and then what, when the child dies, he kind of gets up and gets on with it, which seems a little bit strange to us. Um, you think it would be the other way around. You would think he fasted and wept after the baby died, but no, he does that while the baby's alive. He fasts and weeps because he thought the Lord would be gracious. But now that he's dead, why should he fast? Uh, and so um, he comforts his wife, but he himself al almost does this pastoral cycle, which we're taught about in the, the cycle of grief and the stages of grief. He almost does, does it the wrong way around. So we could have looked at that. We could have looked at the birth of Solomon. We could have looked at the very strange story of Amnon, Tamar and Absalom, which again, just what what can you say um we could look at absalom trying to make himself king we could look at the fact that david kind of runs from his son that always seems strange to me he was king at the time so why in the fear of his son would he run um look at absalom killed and the fact that david is reproached again for his grief um he grieves absalom but one of the commanders of the army thinks this is as terrible and so reproaches david uh, and says that he has shamed his soldiers and those who rescued um, his life uh, and says that he has to go out, David this says, has to go out and sit in the gate so that the people can see and rejoice in what has happened. So we could have looked at any of that. You can look at the, those on your own. Um, but instead of looking at an individual story this time, so much of it could make a good TV series. We've been moving on box sets. We've been watching House of Cards actually recently and uh, finished the fourth series of House of Cards uh, and all this stuff would fit perfectly into House of Cards or another kind of detective series or murder mystery series. Um, 
I've never seen it, but uh, the Game of Thrones, I can imagine this fitting perfectly in the Game of Thrones. Speaking of Game of Thrones, I've never watched it, but it's not for any other reason than I was too late getting into it and or hearing about it, and so I would have had to go back to the very start and watch it. I, I just can't do that. Um, I don't have time, maybe someday. But I, I often meet some people who say that they don't watch Game of Thrones because of the sex and the violence, and you're just kind of perverted if you watch something like that. That kind of makes me laugh, because over the last two weeks, with all that we have seen, we have seen all of those things, and probably worse, um, it would make a great series. Um, and the fact that sometimes we try and put on this front that the Bible is this lovely book, and maybe that's more because we look at the Old Testament, or sorry, we look at the New Testament, Maybe those people who don't like watching Game of Thrones have never actually looked into the Old Testament to see the kind of crazy stuff that goes on. But I think that's quite quite a sad thing and maybe that's what we have to recapture in the Christian faith. Um, a lot of people, if you talk to them about Christianity, will feel that the Bible is too perfect or, or too high a standard or too high to achieve or, or even just not real life. You know, they think it's these thousands of years ago and we've moved on. We have these technological advances. We have this society that we live in. We have cars and planes and, and all these wonderful medicines and the internet and the fact that I can talk to you without even being beside you on your phone. Uh, and so we've got all these things. And so the Bible in the Old Testament is, is so back there. It's it's just we can relegate it to the past and kind of wrap it up. And it's nothing to say to us here and now in the lives that we live and maybe we have to recapture that and say the Bible is looking at real lives and look at the story of David and look at all that has gone on and look at what he's done and look both good and bad and look at what his family have done even amongst themselves and look at the results of all those things and the consequences and maybe we should be saying to more people, well read this but read these last two weeks and actually see if you think this is what the Bible is like. Or see for yourselves what goes on in this, because this is this is real life. Maybe not your life as you listen, and, and hopefully not your life as you listen. Um, hopefully not in the lives of your families, but in the societies that we live, there's a lot of this goes on. Um, the Secret, which is a, based on a true story from Korean, um, many of you will know, that this went on. In fact, basically, this exact story of David's adultery uh, and murdering Uriah the Hittite, th this goes on. Uh, and so this Bible is real life. It's reality. It's not fake. And we maybe, as Christians, we maybe try and put on this, this mask, this perfection. Um, and maybe that's what people think the Bible is then, where the Bible is real life. And everybody in it has had to own up to the reality of what has happened from David to Absalom to Amnon to Tamar to Michal, Zeba, Ahithophel, whose name I find it very hard to say quite often, um, Hushai, all of the characters within these two last two weeks have had to own up and deal with the reality of what has gone on. Uh, and that's something that is incredibly hard at times, but it's incredibly exciting and it's incredibly affirming to us that these people are in the Bible, these people are loved and known by God, these people often find comfort, and especially in the words of David, often find comfort and peace 
and hope within the words um, that he writes and he says, and hopefully you can as well. And so that's that's this week's recap. Uh, it's really just to to say about the reality of what we face and the reality of what the Bible and these characters in the Bible face. And hopefully that you find not just a sense where you want to get over it and get on to the next week to get away from the bloodshed and all this kind of weird things, these weird things that happen. But hopefully you find it a good process to say to yourselves, I'm not far away from that. King David and all that he did, look what happened to him. I, I don't have to be perfect, I have to be real. I have to own up to the reality of all that I face and all that goes on in our lives. And simply lay it all to God and say, as David did in his psalm, Psalm 51, that was in day 119 at the end of week 17. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and give me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God will not despise a broken and humbled heart. And so that's my hope, that's our prayer. Um, That's what we ask and rely on. And that's what we pray for you as you have finished these weeks and as you continue on also. Enjoy the next two weeks and we'll speak to you again. Again, if you have questions or want to know anything more or want to look at some specific stories as you go through, Um, Send me an email, a text, Facebook message uh, and I'll speak to you then.